All right. Thank you guys for doing that. Go ahead and get in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So, Brother Wally, aren't you afraid of what people might say? Maybe sometimes a little. But I think when people are giving thanks, I don't really have anything to be afraid of. Uh, we do have a brief business meeting tonight, and, uh, but it, it won't be long, and even it is something to be thankful for. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, there's a story uh, told about a cowboy in Wyoming who was riding his horse down a dirt road, and I don't know how he got there, but a police officer saw him, flashed his lights, pulled him over on his horse, and, and the officer said, Sir, I've been trying to get you to stop for over a mile. Did you not know that your wife fell off that horse about a mile back? And the cowboy just smiled and he said, Thank God, I thought for a moment I'd gone deaf. <laughs> Sometimes we need to look at things differently in order to be thankful. You know, most of us uh, are pretty aware I think of the side effects of God choosing to place you and I in what is the greatest economic power in the history of the world and uh, at a time when there's so many things available to us uh, in addition to being free. Uh, and, and it's wonderful to be in America. I, uh, we've, we've got a lot of problems, uh, but I still believe that there's no greater place for faith and freedom than, than America. Uh, but because all most Americans know is America, uh, we take America and our freedoms for granted. You know, it's wonderful to be in a New Testament church that's reaching people, where, where we have watched other people come to Christ, we've watched them grow, and we have grown ourselves. Uh, it's wonderful. But because that's a regular occurrence here, and some of you really have never been involved in another church, you don't really appreciate the uniqueness of what God is doing here. You know, it's wonderful to have a copy of God's preserved words in our hands. I mean, many places in the world, they don't have any copy of any part of God's Word in their language. And you and I, we have multiple printed copies all over our house. We've got copies on multiple electronic devices, but because it is so commonplace to us, we just kind of take it for granted. Uh, it's wonderful to have family and friends. Now, probably most of us have some family that we're not as close to as we wish we might be, but because we do have these family and friends, you know, we just take them for granted that's why in, in this Thanksgiving season, one of the important things that all of us need to do, if you've not yet done so, is to pause and just take some time to think about what you have to be thankful for. Now normally, when we think about giving, we think about Christmas, or we think about birthdays, or we think about the offering plate at the church. Did, did you know that Thanksgiving is also something we give. If you're able to stand, if you would stand tonight in honor of God's Word, should be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, titled, My Thought is Give Thanks 
to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, and having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Thank you, might be seated. You know, one of the many success stories in the life and ministry of Paul when he and his missionary team went to the city of Thessalonica. Uh, there was a great success in that uh, they had people being saved. Uh, they planted a healthy New Testament church. Uh, the unsaved Jews in the city uh, put the whole city in an uproar against Paul and his team. And, and Paul basically was forced to leave and, uh, for, for his own safety. And though Paul wasn't able to be in the city personally for long, we see there uh, that the Thessalonian believers were believers that Paul prayed for, and they were the kind of believers who labored with faith and love and hope. Verses 2 and 3, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Here's the kind of people they were. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father. I mean, the Corinthian church, Paul says, listen, uh, there's divisions among you and your carnal. But to Thessalonian church, he talked about their work, their labor, their faith, their hope, and the kind of people they were. In, in fact, uh, they followed Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ upon hearing the truth, and they had the joy of God in their life, even though it wasn't easy to follow Jesus. Verse 6, he says, you became followers of us. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, that they had matured, they were doing the right things, but they weren't in a situation where it was easy to do so. It was affliction. I mean, they were persecuted in their own city for their faith in Christ, and yet they'd become these faithful believers. In fact, they were not only a light to their city of Thessalonica, they were a light to their entire region. And that's what it says in verse 7. So that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And Macedonia is a region where uh, Thessalonica and Berea and Philippi were located. And Achaia was a region just south of there where the city of Corinth and Athens were located. And, and they were not just witnesses in their city, but to the whole area around them. And so... When you and I read that uh, Paul gave thanks for them in verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you all, uh, it doesn't surprise us. See, most of us find it easier to give thanks for people and circumstances that we consider to be good. In fact, Paul wasn't just thanking God for them uh, one time a year as he thought about them. He said he was always praying for them and giving thanks for them. This was a regular thing for Paul to give thanks to God for these faithful believers. 
And though we don't do so as often as we should, when you and I are giving thanks, unfortunately, it's far more likely to be for something we consider good in circumstances we consider good rather than in times of difficulty. But understand this, that giving thanks is not intended to stop when the things we consider to be good are not there. Turn up just a couple of pages to chapter 5 and verse 18. Here is Paul closes out the letter with a series of disjointed commands for them. In verse 18, the command is, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You ever wonder what the will of God for your life is? Uh, that's a big question, but I do know this. Part of the will of God for your life and mine is that in everything we would give thanks. Not just that you and I would give thanks when things are going our way, but in everything that we would give thanks. Now, quite frankly, I think most of us find it easier to give thanks when we're healthy. But we're supposed to give thanks also when we're sick. I think most of us find it easy to give thanks when we have money, but we're supposed to also give thanks to God when we're broke. Uh, I think it's easier, most of us find, to give thanks when good things are happening to us, but the fact of the matter is we're also supposed to give thanks to God when, we when things we consider to be bad are happening to us. You say, oh, Brother Wally, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense until we pause to remember that nothing happens in the life of a believer that doesn't first flow through the hands of our loving Father in heaven. Listen, nothing happened to Job, though the things that happened to him, all of us would consider to be catastrophic. Nothing happened in Job's life, but it first flowed through the hands of his God in heaven who loved him. Nothing happened to Paul anywhere in his life. Nothing happened to Paul in Thessalonica when the city was in an uproar, when he had to be uh, taken uh, secretly out of town so that he, he would not be hurt. Uh, nothing happened in Paul's life that didn't first flow through God's loving hands. And so because that is the case, even the sicknesses and the hardships and the valleys of every believer in Jesus are only allowed by our God when they are for our good, for the glory of our God, or for the good of someone who's around us. By the way, we should all pause and thank God for the hedge that He has around all of His children. If you don't understand how much our spiritual adversary would love to destroy everything that is dear to you, you don't understand the depth of hatred and evil that dwells in the heart of Satan. Were it not for the hedge of God, who knows what he'd do. And so people, because of our people with faith in Christ, we rejoice and give thanks in everything. Now, the phrase, give thanks, might catch you a little bit off guard, but you know that is actually a phrase that's repeated often in the Bible. The phrase, give thanks, is directly repeated 35 times. 
Seven in the New Testament, 28 in the Old. The phrase giving thanks, six times in the Bible, five in the New Testament, and one in the Old. The phrase gave thanks, 11 times in the Bible, seven times in the New Testament, four times in the Old. Listen, giving thanks is actually one of the most common ways, if not the most common way, that God describes the way we are supposed to handle our thanksgiving. Now when it comes to being thankful, the conscience of every one of us, as well as our heart and the Spirit of God who lives in every true believer, He puts in our heart this desire to know we're supposed to give thanks to God. There's likely not a person here who hasn't at least once in their life, if not many times, just thought to yourself, do you know what? I need to be a more thankful person. I couldn't tell you how many times in my life when I paused and thought to myself, you know, you're an ingrate. And and you have so much to be thankful for, and yet you're not thankful enough. And I confess that sin and purpose in my heart to be a more thankful person. All of us have done that, I would hope, on many occasions. And though we're obviously supposed to be thankful people, most of us find it difficult to give thanks. Our minds naturally focus on what's wrong with our job and boss instead of being thankful, giving thanks for the fact we, have an, we even have a job. Our minds naturally focus on what we cannot afford instead of giving thanks for what we can. Our minds naturally focus on what's bad with our health instead of giving thanks for what's good. And for any time we've ever had in our life when our health was good. Our minds naturally focus on what we don't like about our spouse or what we don't like about our children instead of recognizing what is good about them and what we do like about them, so we give thanks to God. It's not just true out there, it's true in here. You know, I think it's easy for us to focus on what we don't like about some fellow believer or some ministry here in the Lord's church instead of pausing to think about what's good about them or that ministry, so we give thanks. And see, because our mind naturally is like that, it is important for us to be challenged, to be thankful, and to be reminded during special seasons like this to give thanks. Did you know everyone can afford to give thanks? Most of us can't afford to give the kind of gifts that we would like to give to our family and friends, but all of us can afford to give thanks. See, thanksgiving is something we give, and giving thanks should affect every area of our life. You see, if you and I are going to give thanks, we must first always pause and think. Listen, I I believe that the life of every human being who wants to be a productive human being and every believer who wants to be a faithful believer, it is a busy life. If you're not going to embrace being busy, mark it down, you will not be a faithful Christian or you will not be a productive human being. You must embrace being busy. But I think because we're busy, we very often don't pause and think. And that is the first step that we need to take to giving thanks. You see, the second part of giving thanks is we need to recognize that being thankful is ours to give away. You know, I can't give your car to somebody. It's your car. 
Now, I can give thanks because it's mine to give. So I either, because thanks is mine to give away, I can either give it away and give thanks, or I can just keep it to myself. And in fact, the matter is, is that both God and many people in our life, they deserve us being people who give thanks. If you haven't done so, I hope you will do so. Have you paused to give thanks for the people God has placed in your life? You know, maybe I'm a day ahead of schedule, but uh, this morning I spent all my prayer time just giving thanks. Give thanks to God for my wife. She's in the nursery, so I can say, you know, I really love that woman and appreciate her without getting the stink eye. I thank God for our four children, three who are here and one in heaven. I thank God for our 13 grandchildren, eight who are here and five who are in heaven. Thank God for my mom and my sisters. Maybe you're not like this, but if I look back over my life, I honestly feel that they have always been better to me, A, than I deserve, and B, than I ever was to them. I need to give thanks. I need to give thanks to God for the two staff men we have and their families, and hopefully, as of December 4th, a third staff person in his family, uh, to give thanks to God for men who hold up my arms, like uh, Aaron and her did a long time ago for Moses, and make my job here as easy as it can be. I thank God for them. I give thanks. I give thanks to God for eight deacons and their families. For our ministry leaders here. For the people who work and serve week after week, month after month, year after year, and as much as I would love to have my finger on everything you do and and be able to look you in the face and put my hand on your shoulder and, and say thank you for what you do as much as I would love to do that. I am incapable of knowing all that people do here for the Lord Jesus Christ, for His church here and for His people here, for the children they teach us. I am incapable, but I give thanks for you. I give thanks to God for people who show up. Uh, You may not understand this, but if you're ever a preacher, you'll care whether people show up. And you understand the battle that will go on in your mind when people don't show, when the first thought in your mind is, well, I wonder what I did now. What did I say? What did I fail to say? What did I do? What did I fail to do? You say, well, that's stinking thinking. You're right, it is. But you know what? Just like you have problems with stinking thinking, I have problems with stinking thinking too. And it hinders me from giving thanks. I don't want to wait and give thanks after some situation has changed and some person is gone. I'm glad that For many, many years before my dad passed, he knew I loved him. And I was thankful for the kind of dad he was to me. I close every conversation on Monday out with my mom. I love you, mom. Someday those may be the last words I ever speak to her. As far as I know, those are the last words I spoke to my dad. 
I, I don't want to uh, wait until my legs no longer work to thank God for my legs. I don't want to wait till my eyes no longer work or my ears no longer hear or my mind is no longer clear to wait and thank God for what He has given me. We must decide to pause and think. So we give thanks. It's not just thankful for people. How about pausing to give thanks for what God has given to each of us? I don't care who you are or how you feel like you compare to the people around you, God has given you natural gifts. If you're here tonight and you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have at least one spiritual gift from God. Now you may look around and lament how you think that your natural and spiritual gifts compare to others, but in the mind of God, He gave you exactly what you need, and if you don't pause and think and notice, you'll never give thanks to God for what He gave you. You give God thanks for your health. Listen, there's a lot of people wish they could be here tonight. And so, Brother Wally, if you knew all the pains I have, well, listen, there's a lot of people with your pain and more. I thank God for strength. Do you? You can afford it. You can give God thanks. But the greatest thing that God has given us is not the people in our lives, though that is wonderful. The greatest thing that God has given us is not the natural and spiritual gifts that He has given us. Uh, it's not health and strength to live. That, that's not the greatest thing. Uh, Corinthians says, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. That word unspeakable is speaking about our salvation and the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unspeakable just means it is beyond our ability to describe and understand. It is beyond our ability to describe and understand what it took God the Father to stand there and watch what man and devil did to the Lord Jesus Christ. When He could have crushed them like a bug. It's an unspeakable gift. For what God has kept us from, if you're in Christ, you'll never feel the flames of hell. You'll never feel that pain of separation from God. That is the part of the unspeakable gift of God. It is beyond our ability to describe or understand or speak of what it's like to not get what we deserved. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. How about His gift of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives in you. Your body is the temple of God if you are a true believer. Now you may lament that He went with you on Friday night and you couldn't feel good about the stuff you were doing, but I want to tell you what, it is a wonderful thing to have God always be there like Winter sang about tonight. The promise of Hebrews, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The promise of Christ directly, though I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. The Spirit of God who teaches us, who convicts us, who comforts us, 
who causes us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. The Spirit of God who is greater than He who is in the world, who produces that hedge of grace around us. When's the last time you thanked God and gave thanks for God's Spirit? You see, in the light of all that God has done and all that He's given us in people, we need to choose to give thanks unto God. And if you haven't really done that this Thanksgiving season, please pause to think and give thanks. If you just bow your head for a moment.